Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig with details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. And I am Ben. You are you. That makes this stuff they don't want you to know. And today, folks, we are diving into something that's that's more recent than we would often cover. And think of it this way. Imagine that there's a crowded intersection, an auto intersection, the biggest in the world. And right now, there's an enormous accident. Cars are blowing up and derailing, uh, flying off the median. And now we, as stuff they don't want you to know, so you and Matt and Noel and I have decided to stumble into this accident while it's occurring to see what's going on. Today we are talking about the Panama Papers, which means... We need to do a disclaimer at the beginning. Yeah, this is an ongoing story. I mean, we've, and by we, I mean, you know, the information that's out there barely is even beginning to scratch the surface on this. Um, so there are going to be new details that are going to be constantly coming out as this develops. And this is definitely the kind of story that we will continue to follow up on for sure. 
Right. So by the time you're hearing this, you may already know some things that happened after we record it. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit, uh, as well. I later keep seeing new things every day, every right. hour, you yeah. know, something new pops up. As we were going into the studio, we were, we were adding to our notes here. Uh, but what's, what's the gist here? Okay, so this month that we were recording this podcast. April 2016. That's correct. A group of journalists revealed that the largest leak in human history has occurred. And we're talking about 11.5 million files that are looking at uh, secretive financial arrangements that have been occurring since the 1970s all the way up until this past year in 2015. And it's this thing that we've all decided to call the Panama Papers. And this is these are digital files. This is 2.6 terabytes of data. Yes. So think about the size of mm-hmm. a Word document on your computer. It's a, a couple of K. You know, mm-hmm. it's barely a megabyte most of the time. So to think about 2.6 terabytes of basically text, that's insane. It is. The German paper Süddeutsche Zeitung, which I may be mispronouncing, received this information more than a year beforehand from an anonymous source identifying his or herself in a burst of creativity as... John Doe. Yeah, yeah, it's an old standby. Don't fix it if it ain't broken. So... This German paper, uh, one of the things we found is that in the course of our investigation, ironically enough, while we're investigating this big exposure of secrets, we're finding a bunch of other things that are also murky, unexplained, or still secret. One of them, of course, being the identity of John Doe, another being the timeline, because on their official record, they'll only say they received it more than a year ago. Exactly. And they have to have that sort of ambiguity, perhaps to protect this John Doe character. But anyway, when this German paper realized the scope of the leak, as as Noel said, uh, terabytes of data, they knew they had to ask for help. So they contacted a place called the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists. And soon, reporters around the globe were digging into these dirty documents. But it should be noted here that uh, they are only releasing... Uh, a small amount of the data that they received. Right. The Glenn Greenwald, Edward Snowden approach, which is to not do a massive data dump that can be ignored after a news cycle, but to continually feed things. And of course, you know, the people who don't want that kind of information to be known have adapted the way they do a news cycle to cyclically ignore the new things or find something else to have uh, the spotlight. Yeah, some other breaking news that comes in, and now this is the big important thing. And a lot of people may even say that that's what the Panama Papers are, but we'll get to that later. So what we already know about the Panama Papers um, includes definitely some of these kind of more, let's say, gossipy kind of details that people uh, definitely sure. get interested in, and it's pretty good clickbait material mm-hmm. because it involves – the super rich and their attempts, successful attempts to cover up uh, um, parts of their wealth in order to avoid paying taxes. Right. In a way that many people would not normally understand. Like it's tough to get your hands around some of these more abstract concepts, but hopefully we can help shed some light on it. The next question with the Panama Papers is, well, where'd all this stuff come from? Hey guys, you might be saying to yourself, I can just rack up uh over two terabytes of nonsense and email it to somebody. Yeah, good luck, buddy. They're not that special. Uh the origin of this information, which does appear to be true, uh 
is rooted in a place that gives credibility and uh, a profoundly disturbing credibility to the claims. We're talking about a law firm named Mossack Fonseca. This is a Panamanian law firm, huh? Panama Papers. Mm-hmm. There we go. Uh, in their primary business since 1977 has been to create offshore corporate entities, organizational structures, shell companies for clients around the globe. At one point, they have more than 300,000, uh, but for a long time, we didn't know the specifics of their business or their clients because this kind of stuff, offshore organizational structures, this stuff hinges on privacy. It's like how all the cool clubs are never and Yelp, or they're never on social media. You yeah. just have to find the right door in the right alley. Yeah, privacy is the uh, the whole reason that that company really even exists is to maintain privacy for individuals and corporations. Mm-hmm. So, so what are these Panama Papers specifically? No, you talked about terabytes, right? Yeah, so it's 2.6 terabytes of data um, that uh, includes details of around 216,000 Mossack Fonseca clients. And again, these clients are, you know, heavy hitters in politics, in the entertainment world, mm-hmm. um, business people, you know, athletes. athletes, very affluent people who are known. Um, and we'll get to who some of those people mm-hmm. are in a bit. But some of these details include techniques that are actually used to establish these shell companies. Um, um, the amounts of money that have been, you know, tucked away, names, dates, mm-hmm. owners. Mm-hmm. Often people are actually linked to someone who controls the money, so someone will do it on behalf of a like client, a proxy. A proxy mm-hmm. And uh, in a case that we'll talk about a little later, could be a family member, mm. someone that's you know setting up the shell company. But uh, you know, this is these are terms I'm sure you've heard in you know heist movies or gangster movies, and a right. lot of times associated with um, even even going so far as to call it laundering money. Right, right. Like uh, the funds will be. Deposited in an unmarked Swiss bank account under the name Global Plumber. <laughs> Global Plumber. Nice. I'm going to use that. And then, Mr. Bond, <laughs> you die. Oh, God. <laughs> that was great. So some of these terms we are somewhat familiar with, like you said, because we have, we live in a pop culture world. Absolutely. And we, you know, there's a lot of corruption to go around, so we write stories about it. Sure. Um, so let's just describe what it is. Yeah, really. what, what is this stuff actually? Um, so all of this is, like you said, Noel, it's tax avoidance. That's at the heart of that. At the heart of this, that's what it is. Um, the usage of tax havens and shell companies to reduce the amount that you're going to have to pay when you make income as a corporation or as an individual. Mm-hmm. Um, now, here, here's the way they do that. They go offshore. So in another country, in another state even, if you're in the U.S. or another country that has separate states – or localities. Um, it's really interesting how all these different laws and rules are written because it will change. You go, you know, a couple hundred miles and you're, all the laws are different. Um, so what exactly is a tax haven? So there's several different examples of tax havens. One being countries or different states that actually have financial secrecy laws in place, which allow them to attract investment from outside of their borders. And I think the important distinction here with this is that these activities are not illegal in the places where they are being carried out. The way it connects to our country and our laws is a different story entirely. Sure. And that's a great point. We can take it a step further. Uh, shell companies themselves are not inherently illegal. You know what I mean? It's like using Tor 
is not inherently illegal so far. Yeah, it's how you use it. Right. Um, so there are some great examples of of tax havens. We're talking a lot of islands, a lot of vacation destinations, Bermuda, the Cayman Islands, the British Vir- uh, Virgin Islands. Wait, wait, great <coughs> examples or like? <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess they are great. I mean, they're great examples if you want to, you know, park your yacht somewhere. Like, te- okay, as in, like textbook examples of <laughs> yeah, a tax Yeah, island. textbook okay. examples. Um, we're talking Puerto Rico, Switzerland, Singapore, Ireland, uh, even some U.S. states, like we mentioned before, like Wyoming, Nevada, and even Delaware. AKA hey, Noel Brown's favorite. We're in Delaware. You guys remember that? What's that from? From Wayne's World. Oh, oh, wow. oh like, that's right. Like, I'm in New York. I got yeah. a gun. Let's go to a Broadway show. So yeah. We're yeah. In Delaware. Del- this is just a quick, quick little side note. Delaware is f- fascinating to me because I, f- you know, for years, you get these bills from Bank of America or whatever, and it's always from Delaware. Mm-hmm. As it turns out, there's a very good reason for that. Delaware has some interesting uh, laws that, and, and possibly from an article in the New York Times, Delaware actually just has some slightly unusual, malleable, shall we say, tax laws. And consequently, uh, there is one particular address that is referenced in this article that's 1209 North Orange, Delaware, that 285,000 separate businesses use. And it's basically just a giant array of mailboxes. Wow. So anyway. I heard about this place. Yeah. And it's just to maintain a business address and yep. fall under that legal jurisdiction, right? Exactly. exactly. So uh, there are uh, some stats from the Federation of State Public Interest Research Groups uh, that we would like to explore at the moment. Yes, this is from October 2015, and they they hold that Fortune 500 companies together are holding more than 2.1 trillion dollars in profits off offshores for ta- for these tax purposes mm-hmm. to try and save money on them. Right. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. 
Inspired by guaranteed, straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. And at least 358 of those companies, nearly 72% of the Fortune 500, operate these different subsidiaries and tax havens Mm -hmm. to do just that. And they hold that these same companies maintain at least 7,622 tax haven subsidiaries, or these things we're calling shell companies. All right, and let's let's take a, a second right there. Just to sum it all up, a TLDR, what these papers show is that people who have an extraordinary amount of money uh, don't want to – I think we're dwelling a lot on the tax thing because it's not just taxation. Yeah, you're right. It's not just taxation. We're also talking about criminal activities, ill-gotten gains. We're talking about uh, corruption and bribery. It's money you want to hide, not money you want to take home to meet your parents. Yeah, yeah and it could fall under the idea of money laundering. Yes. It's, yeah. it's almost, to me, I was thinking about it as, let's say, let's just say, for instance, I'm going to make a purchase that I don't want to show up on my on my credit card or something like okay, that. Okay, yeah. Pull a little bit of cash out uh-huh. and I'll go and make whatever purchase or transaction to do that in cash. To me this is almost like that for a massive corporation or an individual that has a whole bunch of money. Mm-hmm. So you can siphon a little bit out of that account that is under somebody else's name and then use that for whatever thing you're going to do. And All it doesn't right. necessarily mean that it's illegal just means that you don't want anybody else to know about it. Okay, so that's that's a good way to put it. And a shell company, you know, a shell company like you said, Noel, is one of the uh, one of the favored ways to launder money, right? In in a sense, it's a more abstract, more corporatized version of the old trope in crime movies, where let let's say. Uh, Noel is quickly becoming like a cocaine kingpin or something. And then your shady underworld accountant says, well, you've got to buy a laundromat mm-hmm. or a nail salon, a deli, a deli, mm-hmm. right? Or just a PO box in Delaware. Also true. Yeah. But a deli <laughs> would be so much fun. Here's a question. And yeah. this is really, I'm, I'm asking, um, is, isn't this sort of just like a slightly lower level version of the way huge corporations sometimes restructure, like Alphabet, for example, and Google? Like, is, is there any connection there at all? I know it's sure. definitely for 
not tax reasons, but it's it's regulatory reasons. Maybe mm-hmm. I mean, is there a connection there, or just we can the, it's a, it's a similar operation in many ways. Yeah, the the difference I would say is that when you have a restructuring like that, you're going to have operating procedures that function under this new thing that you create. Umbrella. There are operating procedures that happen with Alphabet. With some of these, it would be just a, uh, a like that's why it's called a shell because it just kind of sits there. It doesn't really do anything. Yeah, it's like a front. It, it is. It's very much like a front company. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first thing we need to know is what a front company is. And Ben, we've talked about this before uh, in our video series mm-hmm. a couple times mm-hmm. about different versions mm-hmm. of front companies. Um, it, it can be a subsidiary. It can be a shell company. Uh, it, it's usually from a larger company that almost always wants to hide some bit of information about a company or an individual. And usually it's used to protect them from liability. Let's say if something that the company does, they want to protect the owners or, uh, again, the individual. Right. Um, and that's from anything, uh, any kind of scrutiny, even negative press. You just don't want somebody to see it. Do it in a front company. Yeah, let's say you get caught messing with your stockholders or something like mm-hmm. that. Then maybe all it takes to make some of that go away is to change the name of your company and mm-hmm. be out of the public eye for a little while. Exactly. And again, we're going to state here, it is not out and out illegal to own or operate, or quote, operate a front company. In most countries. In most countries. So another example is shell corporations. And a lot of the stuff I know, it's very closely related, but it's I think there's some little distinctions that are important. A shell corporation can be described as a corporation that doesn't necessarily have active business operations or really any money. doesn't do stuff. doesn't really do anything. And uh, these are commonly formed when you're in the process of starting a corporation, um, sort of as a formality to get the initial financing. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then they can also be used in tax avoidance schemes by legitimate businesses, um, which is not, not legal, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that part would not be legal. Yeah. But again, the whole, I mean, we just, I want to keep saying this because it's, just kind of get it in your head. Like this is not in itself illegal to have a shell corporation. It's right, right on board. If you're doing, if you're using it for legal purposes. Right. Yeah. Uh, another example, uh, which probably has the more enjoyable name of these three that were mentioned is the dummy corporation. A dummy corporation appears to be a functioning thing. Global mm-hmm. Plumbing is a shell corporation if Global Plumbing has no assets, has no owner, does nothing. A dummy corporation, Global Plumbing is a dummy corporation if it appears to be real. If yeah. It, you know, if it seems to have the signs of an active company. Yeah, right? there's their Traded books. maybe, their books, they're on the books, yeah. Uh, but in actuality, it doesn't have the ability to function by itself. Exactly. And we have... We've put a playlist on our YouTube page so you can go through, show your friends and your family, like, hey, this is what a front company is and how it works, just so you can get everybody on the same page if you want to have a conversation about this. Uh, you know, maybe you don't want to talk about this with your family, but, you know, it might be a good idea. So uh, let's name some names. If you are listening to this show, odds are that you have already heard of the Prime Minister of Iceland who went on leave as mm-hmm. of the 7th of April, 2016. Uh, no news yet. They held emergency, like, elections, right? Yeah. Or yeah. like a recall of some kind. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, this also affects 
heads of state like the president of Argentina, uh, King Salman of Saudi Arabia, the president of the UAE, the president of Ukraine. Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. <laughs> yep. That's a big one, yeah. Prime Minister of Pakistan, even. Mm-hmm. Uh, Prime Minister of Jordan, uh, Prime Minister of Moldova, Iraq, Italy, Qatar. The, the list goes on, and then numerous other government officials. And... Another thing that we see is that uh, celebrities were named as well. Jackie Chan is in there. Jackie Chan is in there. Of all people. And Pedro Almodovar, the, um, yeah. the director. Apparently, this his was set up by his brother in the 90s and has, has been closed. But the fact that that is even in there shows you how far back this information goes exactly. and how exacting and precise it is. Um, he did, you know, Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, and um, he's, he's still active. Mm-hmm. But he apparently took a took a leave of his press tour when this information dropped yeah. and it's you know the thing about it is too that we're going to get to um in just a bit is it's not necessarily always prosecutable or like like directly illegal a lot of it has to do with just it's kind of kind of a crappy thing to do it's kind of the way yeah. the game is played yes and a lot of you listening a lot of us already know that this is how the game is played right but some of this is coming as a real shock to others well the, it's the difference between uh, suspecting someone of a crime and seeing it conducted because make no mistake. Uh, however, this is spun. It should surprise no one that FIFA, for instance, is mm-hmm. just riddled with corruption. However, in this case, this stuff goes further because in addition to the heads of states, the celebrities, the aristocrats that are named, and there's a heck of a Venn diagram there. There's also, uh, they're organized criminals, mafiosos, yep. bank robbers, hiding, uh, millions of pounds of money. Pound the denomination, not yeah. the, uh, not, not like a physical pound of money. <laughs> you know, we're, we're also seeing one of the tropes that we see in pop culture where you'll, uh, some rich person will give money in their relative's name. We're seeing tons of relatives of highly influential, mm. ridiculously uh, wealthy people. And we'll get into the crimes that are the, the crimes that are associated, what crimes may or may not exist after a brief word from our sponsor. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just 20 $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. 
Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. Here's where it gets crazy. So what what crimes exist? I don't know why I sounded a little Woody Allen there, but what what, <laughs> what crimes actually occurred because we know what Mosek Fonseca said. Yes, we know Roman Fonseca, who is the co-founder of Mosek Fonseca. Mm-hmm. He came forward and said the company hasn't done any wrongdoing, just completely denied that they've done anything wrong. They just set up these offshore financial accounts with these anonymous shell companies for clients. And look, we're not involved in how they use these things once we set them up. Okay? Even went so far as to say the only crime associated with the Panama Papers at all was the hack of hacking of their servers itself. Mm. Yeah, and there, there's an interesting idea there too, because if we're being, if we're objectively approaching that kind of statement, then it leads to another question: Should a gun manufacturer or a bullet manufacturer be held responsible for deaths? That happen as a result of crime. Should auto manufacturers be held responsible for deaths or crimes that occur in the course of using something they built? Obviously, this is in the scope of our show, really, or the episode. But mm-hmm. I mean, auto manufacturers are held responsible when it's a malfunction it's a or defense. negligence yeah. on their part. Um, the gun argument is a fascinating one, but it tends to come up. It seems like. No, as long as they're doing everything in their power to make their weapons traceable and, you know, able mm-hmm. to be pinned to a crime. For right. Whatever and, reason. and I'm glad you brought that up because if we could look at that car example as well, uh, you're absolutely right. If there is a defect inherent in the product they create, then they, then and only then mm-hmm. are they liable. It's completely fine to build a car that goes 200 miles an hour, even though that's illegal everywhere. 
in like on every public road. Well, there are probably a few where it's not. You don't often, though, hear about deaths resulting from malfunctions of firearms. Usually the deaths result from them working exactly as advertised. Mm, or human error, yeah. And that applies as well to the kinds of services that this firm provided. Right. These services are working. This is a, This was a huge firm, and they were doing, one would assume, what they were designed to do. You don't get hundreds of thousands of clients by making dud. Yeah, since the 1970s, and they were still functioning successfully. And I do think, I will say to Noel's point, that I found it uh, somewhere between delicious, disgusting, and hilarious when people like the Prime Minister of the UK, Cameron, come out and say, well, you know, now privacy is important, especially considering the UK has the highest, the highest density of closed-circuit televisions in the world per kilometer. And and it's also the the population of the UK is one of the most closely and continually surveilled on the planet, dude. Yeah, and I get that same feeling when you read the, this uh, another quote from this same dude, the co-founder of yeah, the company, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he says, "quote When he's and this is referring to the hack on his company. Quote: This is a crime, a felony. Privacy is a fundamental human right that is being eroded more and more in the modern world." Each person has a right to privacy, whether they are king or a beggar. Oh, clutching the pearls. Noble argument. Now, let's, <laughs> let's go into this king or beggar argument, because one yeah. thing that pops out to me is guys like David Cameron, you know, who are meant to be looking out for the little guy in theory. You know, uh-huh. you're a politician. You're supposed to represent, you know, your people, all of your people. Then it turns out that you're cheating the system doesn't was, come off was, so well. Doesn't look very good. Guys, it was only 30,000 pounds. Come on. Of what? <laughs> of gold? 30,000 <laughs> pounds of jelly. Pounds sterling. Pounds yes. sterling. Yes. Thank you. Uh, so there's, uh, there's another thing there. Now that we have hopefully outlined for you what this stuff indicates mm-hmm. and why it's important and giving you a look at the, the level of money we're talking about. Let's flip it and look at the other side, because there are numerous people who believe that there's more to the Panama Papers than you have been told or than journalists are releasing. And it, for instance, it, it all goes back to the same question, motive. Who leaked the papers and why? So, like, what what do we know about this John Doe guy? Not a whole lot at this point, which makes sense considering how fresh the story is and how bloody much information there is in these uh, in this leak. <laughs> so, the anonymous whistleblower who contacted the German newspaper we talked about at the top of the show uh, more than a year ago had some pretty interesting claims. I mean, here are a few of them. John Doe didn't want any financial compensation for exposing this info. Hmm? That's very telling. Um, also, didn't want to be known. Wanted to remain anonymous. No direct contact with the investigators. We can kind of see why that makes sense yeah, from looking at Snowden, sure. WikiLeaks, all these other things. Did not want to be exiled from the land. Um, the source also said their life would be endangered by any exposure, which hmm. definitely mm-hmm. rings true, um, considering the powerful people involved in these kinds of deals. You're basically shining a light in a place where, you know, I mean, you know, even like the most upstanding people on this list certainly wouldn't want this information out there. But as we know, talking about the whole idea of hiding criminal enterprises, yeah. mm-hmm. you could certainly put a target on your back by um, by being out there, you know, in, in public. Um, also, 
this individual claimed this was a moral imperative, uh, like most ex-clients were doing harm to the world and had to be stopped. So here we are with an anonymous source does not say how they acquired documents, where they come from, and supplies his motivation only that they feel it is the right thing to do. Again, how noble, how forthright, how Edward Snowden of him. See, I, I'm so torn here because I, w- I want to believe that story, that somebody just got it in themselves, that this is the morally correct thing to do. These are people that I believe are doing harm, so I'm going to show the world, or at least in this case, a group of journalists. I'm going to show them this, and hopefully they will report it the way it should be reported. Well, that's definitely what they said. Right? That's what they said, and I want to believe that. Sure. But it's just, it's it's tough when you don't have somebody like an Edward Snowden to put a picture in your head of who this is to actually come out and say these things. You yeah. just have it written down or told to you. Exactly, which gives rise to uh, one of the more popular or for some more fascinating, intriguing conspiracy theories already surrounding the Panama Papers. Just for a note for those following uh, the structure and asking who are the they in the Panama Papers, Mm -hmm. well, the definite they would be the hundreds of thousands of clients who didn't want people to know that their money was in the Virgin Islands. However, there's more than one they in this show, ladies and gentlemen, because they, being John Doe, don't want you to know who he or she is or if it's one person and this leads to a this leads to a conspiracy theory hot off the presses once the Panama papers came out allegations uh that John Doe was somehow related to the US or another state level actor oh and uh, a British Virgin Islands not Virgin Islands British Virgin Islands gotcha slight slightly different right? a little bit okay but but so what's what's the story about possible state level involvement? Well, we've heard just tons and tons of theories coming out, ideas about who this may or may not be, everything from uh intelligence in Britain to intelligence in the US or I've even heard Australia may be involved. So, let's let's focus on one. A man okay. named Bradley Birkenfeld So he's this American banker who was working at UBS, a financial institution that Ben and I have spoken about before. He made a a video about that, talking about it was the most money any bank had been charged. Oh, uh, Uh, their fine. Yeah, the fine that they had to pay back in the day. And I think this is around the time when he was blowing the whistle on them. Mm -hmm. This was in 2009. So he he disclosed to the U.S. government this massive tax evasion scheme that was going on uh, by Americans – in Switzerland, using these secret accounts. Now, he was awarded $104 million by the IRS whistleblower office for his efforts in doing this. He also got to spend two years in a federal prison here in the States. Why? Well, uh, because I guess he was... Uh, he was implicated in it, and he was also doing something that is frowned upon, maybe? Mm, okay. And so what does he believe happened with the Panama Papers? Well, he points his finger towards the good old Central Intelligence Agency, and he mm. thinks they're behind it because, he says, these leaks have Im- impacted mostly countries with tense relationships with the United States. Although at this point, listeners, uh, some uh, some of us will doubtlessly remember that 
according to some of the latest analysis we've been able to find, intermediaries of the CIA did work with this company, but not. we don't have any hard proof of CIA involvement. True, no hard proof, but we also know that the CIA itself is pretty fond of using front companies, right, Ben? Right, spy, <laughs> spy agencies in general, so mm-hmm. ISI, Mossad, All MI5, MI6... So that I mean, that, all the MIs, all well, the yeah. MIs. But that in, that in itself is the re, is one of the big reasons that people look at this and kind of their eye twitches because they they are aware of the, these facts. Um, so Mr. Birkenfeld also has said that he thinks David Cameron was some unfortunate collateral damage in this leak, and he also stated that. Oh, oh, this, uh, the company, Mossack Fonseca, was just one tiny part in a vast offshore maze that's used by bankers and law- lawyers to hide money from tax authorities. I believe that globally. 100%. I have no yeah. doubt in my mind that that's the case. Sure. Yeah. Uh, this brings us to, uh, some, some other things, some consequences, some conclusions, some, co- uh, current Developments. I almost say colorful developments. <laughs> and you know, I guess that would work. Uh, Noel, earlier you had mentioned to us at the top of the show that just as we were going in, uh, some S was starting to hit the F. What, mm-hmm. what should I? No, that just sounds weird. Let's say something different. The badgers were hitting the bag. Mm. No. The badgers were biting the bat. The badgers were biting the bat. The badgers began to bite the bat <laughs> as we were walking in. What happened? What's this new news story? Yeah, so the headquarters of Mossack Fonseca were actually raided by the Panamanian police yesterday, April the 12th. Yeah, like, yesterday yeah. when we were recording this. And you know, uh, you know about this, right? Oh yeah, a little bit. They're, they're searching for evidence of any kind of money laundering and documents. Uh, anything about the financing of terrorism. That's Which we have not mentioned, but yes. seems like a really big concern in this. Right. Yeah, th- yeah, this is a huge concern in this. That Bin Laden money. Uh, yeah. That House of Saud money. <laughs> exactly. And, and the the police officers that are doing this are part of an organized crime unit. Mm-hmm. So they they know about all this money laundering. I guess that's part of their specialty. They're also looking at several subsidiaries of the firm at a even a computer support center, which may hold documents there. Right. But, files of uh, different illegal activities that did not somehow get connected or collected in mm-hmm. that initial sweep. And the, the big buzz around our conspiracy, at least, is that are they going to destroy documents when they find them because they're corrupt in any way or working together with, you know, the heads of state that and are interested in that's this? That's the subreddit, our conspiracy, not yeah. ORU. Yes, anyone. subreddit. Yeah. Uh, that, that's fascinating because it, it does lead us to believe that multiple new stories are going to be forthcoming within the next few days, weeks, mm-hmm. who knows how long. Multiple journalists have stated that more stories are on the way. And again, this is just so much stuff. People are still analyzing it. So I want to ask you guys, what are the consequences, if any, of this? Well, one thing is that countries are being accused of censoring the information that's coming out about this um, to, I mean, for a lot of reasons. But one of the main ones is just to prevent citizens inside their country from knowing about it. Because the less the public knows about the heads of their state, perhaps, or even their celebrities, the less they know about them doing these nefarious things, allegedly nefarious things, 
the better. And thankfully, we live in the age of, you know, information being at the tips of our fingers. So it's a lot more difficult for governments to keep information like this from people that, you know, know where to look. Right. You know, that's astute because we've said this before on the show, I believe, but Back in, let's say, the 40s or the 30s or 50s, the way you would... I could black out an entire population right. on something. The way you would hide something is just remove it. So yeah. if mm-hmm. you had a needle, you didn't want people to see, you would just take the needle. But now the the methods have changed, and the best way to hide the needle is to surround it with a bunch of other needles. I was yeah. doing a needle in a haystack <laughs> thing, but I I got derailed somewhere along the way, and now I'm just describing some sort of... No, you're you're totally Allie right. for heroin fans. <laughs> you're totally right, Ben. It's a needle in a needle stack now. That's that's what a we're doing. A needle in a needle stack. You saved that one. Well, here's an example of that. Because if you recall, uh, recently before this news hit the press and became the you know the the thing that everyone was focusing on, there was another scandal, another leak, an investigation into a company known as Una Oil. Right, the uh, I believe they were based in Monaco, and they I uh, I believe it was Monaco. If I am wrong on that, please uh, write in and uh, let me get a correction on air. What we found was that these this organization was brokering corrupt deals for a lot of large corporate large companies, rather in mm-hmm, conglomerates, mm-hmm. Uh, to get favorable uh, business arrangements in a lot of developing countries and practice resource extraction. But now no one's really talking about that. So I don't know if the timing works out since if this was indeed more than a year in the making, and it sounds like the journalists are telling the truth, Mm -hmm. then maybe it's just a coincidence that Una Oil popped up and disappeared. Maybe it is. I don't know, Ben. I, I think you're right that this, the Unoil story was huge. And we, that we were talking about it a lot just around the office. And I feel like, I think maybe we need to talk about it in more detail sometime in the future, just so it doesn't go away. Right. And we want to hear from you. What are your opinions on the Panama Papers? What, what part of the world do you, uh, do you call home? What, what do people in your neck of the global woods think about the Panama Papers? You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. We'd love to hear from you there. We are Conspiracy Stuff at both of those. And speaking of hearing from you, I think it's time for Shout Out Corners. The first shout out goes to Hannah F., who wrote to us about UFO sightings in Canada. And, and a younger listener. Yes. I, I remember seeing 13 and then like right. that's when she started, started listening. Started listening when she was 13 and seven, yeah. uh, is 18 now. Uh, yeah. Thanks so much for writing in Hannah F. And we're checking the Canadian UFO report. Uh, pretty, I don't know. We're going pretty hard on the paint on that one. It's so much fun. I, I like it. Uh, and Gail Gerard writes in to us and says, uh, she listens to us while waiting in the care line to pick up her son from school. Well, Gail, we hope that we're making you one of the cool moms. Oh, Gail, come on. You're absolutely a cool mom. <laughs> Do you roll your windows down when you're listening so everybody when else can music, hear? When that music pops in? Yeah, because you should. Finally, we have one from Taylor N., who sent us several personal stories about um, unusual and strange experiences in national parks, as well as another explanation for the disappearances, um, which was a secret space program that includes moon bases created in the 1960s. 
Not sure about that one, but that's oh, it's fascinating. Pre- it's pretty great. He he describes. It, it's not his theory. Uh, I, uh, I don't know if it's. I can't remember if he said it was someone in his family or a friend, but they described in the 1960s, we've been, we've had people on the moon and we mm. need people to work these sites on the moon. So, we, so they've been abducting people just, you know, willy nilly out in national parks. I think to this take needs to there. be a script. We need to option this. This right. is good stuff. This is a good idea. All right. Well, uh, Taylor in, you are attached officially as producer and co-writer. Uh, on that project. That's the least we can do, right? And one last thing here before we take off. If any of you are out there going, hey, guys, Matt, Noel, Ben, why didn't you talk about the Americans and why they aren't talked about in these papers? Well, guess what? There are some. And what what I need you to do is head over to zerohedge.com because they're, they're pretty good about giving links out to other places as well. It's just a really good place to start. They name names in there that are talked about, um, specifically Americans. It, parts of like the New York Global Group in, are in there, um, people in Bellevue, Washington, all kinds of people are in there. Check it out. And you'll find what you're looking for. That is an excellent point, Matt. And that is where... We are going to end the show today for now, at least our part of it, because now it's your part, folks listening. We want to hear, again, where you're from, what people are saying about this, where you're at. Do people care? Do people not care? Are websites blocked in in your country? If so, you know, it, it occurs to me that podcasts may be one of the few ways people are hearing about this, which is baffling to think about, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So your job, keep tabs on this as you go forward, because there are going to be other big stories that pop in the front, and no, everyone will talk about those, and this will just go by the wayside. Keep tabs on it. You know, uh, maybe write a little note to yourself to look at it in two months from now, just to see where we're at, what other revelations have come out. And feel free to forward that note to us at conspiracy at howstuffworks.com. <laughs>